This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I just feel inspired to complete my faith series um, and it's Faith Principles Part 5. And the title of the sermon is Called to Be. So I'm going to give you a faith principle today about calling those things that be not as though they were. But our main uh, text that we've been working on in our series is Hebrews 11.6. Do you have that memorized yet? Amen. It says, but without faith, somebody say faith. It's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is. That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I'm looking at diligent seekers this morning. And, I'm, and I know you guys aren't just Sunday morning Christians, but you're everyday walking with God Christians. Amen? And so we, we have to believe that God is not just, that he doesn't just exist, but God, you know, he, he has many names. And one of the names he has is he's El Shaddai. Means that God is the almighty God. He's the sufficient God. And so we must believe that God is powerful, that he has the ability to do the impossible. As long as we stand on his word, look at your neighbor and say, stand on his word. There's a lot of people that don't really believe God's word. There's, there's a lot of the church that just, they just come in and they get a, a, a lifted up message. But some people don't really believe that God is powerful that God can do miracles. Amen. He did a miracle for me this week. Uh, we were praying something out and God was able to work something out and it was a miracle. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God is still doing miracles. Now, you know, John Wesley said it this way. He says some of the church, um, what they, they have replaced faith with mental assent. And mental assent is just mentally agreeing with God's word but not really activating God's word by doing God's word. So you can mentally agree to God's word, but you have to add faith to God's word to make it work. You know, the Sadducees in the, in the days of Jesus, uh, they didn't really believe in the power of God. In Matthew uh, twenty two twenty nine, Jesus answered them and said to them, you are mistaking not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Because they, they asked him a question and, she, and they didn't really believe in the power of God. So we see this in Mark 6 and 6, 2 through 6. And you got to understand this that it takes faith to bring the power of God down in our lives. You got to have faith. And so in Mark 6, 2 through 6, it says, When the Sabbath day was come, he, Jesus, began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things and what wisdom in which is given unto him then even such mighty works are wrought by his hands is not this the carpenter the son of mary the brother of james and joseph and judas and simon and are not his sisters here with us or they were and they were offended of him but jesus said unto him a prophet is not without honor but in his own country among his own kin and his own house and he could do no mighty works Save he laid his hands on a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around the villages teaching. So we see here Jesus mostly did miracles when he ministered. But his, his, his miracle working power 
was stopped because of their unbelief. Somebody say, I believe. So they, they, they didn't truly believe. And so really, Jesus always wants to do miracles in our lives. But we can actually stop the, the miracle working power of God by unbelief. And the Bible says in the last days, people will be in this category, 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. We don't want to just be... You know, just say, you know, we don't want to, you know, be people that that just say, yeah, God can do something, you know, but but he doesn't do anything in my life. No, no, no. No, we want to be people that say, I believe that God is a miracle working God and he can do miracles today. My Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. My Bible says that God changes not. And so Jesus did miracles. The apostle did miracles. God is in the miracle working business. Romans 12, 2 says it this way. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So we don't want to be conformed to the way the world thinks. We don't want to put our faith just in natural science. We don't want to put our faith in, in, until there's a cure for, for uh, you know, COVID. We don't want to put our, no, we got to put our faith in God. Amen. I'm going to say this, there'll probably never be a cure. They're going to always be wanting you to wear a mask, always want you to be separated six feet apart from people, but that's not this group. Amen. We're not afraid of any COVID virus. We're not afraid of what the enemy's trying to do. It, it's like that lady that was... A Christian lady in World War II and, um, and, and Hitler was bombing England. And they would, when the sirens went off, she would go into the, into the bunkers. And then one day she didn't show up and they thought, uh, some of the people was wondering where she was at. And, and when the sirens went off, they didn't see her. And then one person in, that would be in the bunker with her would, would go, they didn't see her, went to her house and found her at the house. And they said to her, you know... Um, why haven't you been going to the bomb shelter? Why haven't she said, well, I, I read in God's word in Psalms 121 that God neither sleepeth or slumber. And there's no need for me to lose any sleep. Glory to God. So I decided that I'm just going to stay home. The Lord. Amen. In other words, you got to start believing God's word that you don't have to lose any sleep. Amen. No, 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 no. You don't have to lose any sleep. It's the devil that's losing sleep over us because we're mighty warriors in God. Can I get an amen? amen. I like what it says in Psalms 121. This is what she stood on. I'll, uh, 121, 1 through 8. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither, neither slumber or, nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is a shade at your right hand. The sun shall strike, uh, shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from evil. I love that. The Lord will preserve you from evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you going out and coming in from this time forth forevermore. So God is your protection. Do you believe that today? And you don't have to stay up at night worrying. No, you need to learn to cast your cares on God. He will perfect the thing that concerneth you. 
Can I get a witness in the house today? He will perfect what concerns you. Now, I want to go. Now, that was your little appetizer this morning. Now, let me go into the message. Uh, uh, call, call those things that be not as though they were. This is a principle that God works all through the scriptures. And if we're going to be like the Lord, we're going to have to start calling those things that be not as though they were. In Romans 4, 16 and 18 says this way. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Let me just repeat that. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. So we see this principle that God, actually when he came to Abraham, his name was Abram before God changed his name to Abraham. And so, so when he made a covenant with, with Abram, Abram had no children. And his wife was barren. And then God, in, in the process of his relationship with God, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And so what happened was that God was getting a vision on the inside of him. Are you listening to me today? He was getting a vision of who God was calling him to be. See, God's calling you to be something today. He's not calling you to be a loser. He's not calling you to be a failure. He's not calling you to be weak. Amen. No, he's calling you to be strong in him and in the power of his might. So he called Abraham, he called him Abraham, father of many nations, before he even had the promised child, Isaac. And now we are the family of Abraham, in a sense. We are the children of Abraham. He is the father. He's called the father of our faith. He believed God in spite of what it looks like. And you're going to have to keep believing God in spite of what it looks like. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Don't, you can't go with, with, with what it looks like. You don't call those things that are. You call the things that be not as though they are. And unfortunately, what we do is we, we are in a, a sight, physical, five senses realm. And we tend to say things that we experience. And we, we, we say that as fact. But I'm going to say this, that God's word is more true than the truth that we encounter, the natural truth. Because the Bible says the spirit of God uh, will never pass away. The word of God will never pass away. And the spirit takes precedence over the natural. And the natural things are subject to change. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So God uses this principle of calling those things that be not as though they were. In Genesis 1, 1, 3, uh, we see in the very beginning, God created heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And I like this because it was dark out there, and God just didn't say, it is really dark. You know, 
oh man, it's dark, you know. Now, he didn't say that. You know, he, he, God said, light be, and light came. So, so he, didn't, he didn't confess what was. He confessed light in the dark areas. You're going to have to start confessing the, the promises of God's word in the dark areas of your lives. In other words, those areas of your life where the devil's always working against you and you're submitting to, deg- you know, some of us sometimes submit to degrees of the enemy. And you don't want to give the devil any place. Am I preaching to anybody today? You don't want to give the devil any place. Are you listening to me today? Any place in your lives. No, 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 no. We, we got we to gotta have faith and we need to start calling those things that be not as though they were. You know, Mark eleven twenty two through 24 is, is a great uh, faith scriptures here. And, and this is where Jesus actually, before Mark uh, eleven twenty two, he, he actually spoke to a fig tree and he cursed the fig tree. He called that fig tree dead and it died the following day. He was calling those things that be not. And he, and he called dead people alive and he resurrected dead people. Amen. So it says here in Mark eleven twenty two twenty four. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, if you study this out, because Peter said uh, to Jesus, look, the fig tree is withered. And then, and then Jesus said, have faith in God. But if you study that out, it's not just having faith in God. It really, if you study the Greek out, it's saying have the God kind of faith. Okay, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. In other words, you may ask yourself, can I have the God kind of faith? Well, the God kind of faith speaks it, believes it, and receives it. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. The God kind of faith speaks it, believes it, or either that believes it, speaks it, and receives it. Maybe it believes it first. Speaks it second and receives it third. Amen. And so we got to have we got to have that God kind of faith. Then he said, for sure, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. And you will have them. Say, I have what I say. say. Now, you need to check up on what you're saying. Because if you don't like your harvest, then you better check out your seed. Oh, I'm preaching today. If you don't like the harvest you're walking in, then you better check out what seed you've been sowing. In other words, don't ever say God's word doesn't work or, or this part of the Bible doesn't work for me or, 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 or it's just there's no air in, in this part of my life. It's just the Bible doesn't work in that area. No, the Bible works in every area of our lives. Amen. Don't submit yourself and, 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 and uh, you're, you're, don't submit to any unbelief in your life regarding the promises of, of God's word. Amen. So we need to see this, and one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is, is about a man called Gideon. Anybody ever heard of Gideon? I love this. And it's in Judges 6, 11 through 16. And Gideon really wasn't this superstar until God called him a superstar. I'm going to say that again. We're going to read this little account here of Gideon. And I, I like this because Gideon uh, was raised up to be a judge 
amen, in, in Israel. And he was raised up. He was actually one of the greatest judges in Israel. And, uh, and so he was raised up to be a judge. But, but before he became a judge, he, he, he was just a regular person like you and me. Amen. And it says here, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash and Abbasite. Then his son Gideon thrust wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. So, so I'm, let me give you a backstory here. The Israelites were kind of left God. They were serving idols. They weren't putting God first place. And then a curse came on Israel. And the Midianites were people that would come in and raid their stuff. And, and they would come in and steal from them. And, and it would cause all kinds of problems for Israel. And it was, it was a divine judgment because they walked away from God. And so it came to a point when they, when they got sick and tired. Somebody say sick and tired. Sometimes we need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. And they got to a point where they started crying out to God. I'm telling you, God's waiting for some of us to cry out. God's waiting for some of us to say, I'm done with my life. I'm done with where I'm at. I'm done with a so-so walk with Christ. I want to get on fire for God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm done with just living a, a, a so-so Christian marshmallow life. I added that in there. But are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so Gideon here, he, he's, he's, he's there and, and, and God's hearing his prayers. So God is raising up a warrior. And I'm going to say this to you this morning, that God's raising you up to be a warrior for your family, to be a warrior for your neighborhood, to be a warrior for wherever you are at. Do you believe that today? I like to say this, that, that gladiators, and ladies can be gladiators too, glory to God, are made in deserts. Warriors are made in deserts. You don't become a warrior, and, you know, like Jesus said, you know, what did you see, you know, when he was talking about John the Baptist? You think you'd see a man with soft clothing in a king's palace? No, no, John the Baptist was rugged. He had grit. Look at your neighbor and say, get some grit. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get some grit. You need to get some faith, some backbone, not some wishbone. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You need some grit. Amen. You, grit. Amen. That's what God's looking for. So, so he saw something. The, the Lord saw something in, in, uh, in Gideon here. And it says here uh, that he was, hot, he, he, he was in the wine press in order to hide from the Midianites. And, uh, and then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I'm going to say this to you this morning. The Lord is with you. I'm going to say this this morning that God is not calling you a weakling. He's calling you more than a conqueror because the Bible says, let the weak say they're strong. Amen. Say so. Say so. Amen. Let the weak say they're strong. Amen. That's a song. Glory to God. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if if you are with us, why then has it? Has all this happened to us? And where are his miracles, which our fathers are us, which our fathers told us about, saying, "Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt?" But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Mennonites. So we see here sometimes, even when God is trying to talk to us, 
we keep rehearsing what's going on in our life. Am I preaching today? In other words, God, we read a promise, but then we say, but God, look at what's going on. Look at, look at my family. Look at this. And we put the but in there. Don't we? And then, and then he did the same thing. Gideon said, well, look, it seems as if you've forsaken us. And, and, and then the angel of the Lord says this. The Lord turned to him and said, go into the might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh, my Lord, can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Mennonites as one man. So we, we see here that God wants to do he, the impossible through Gideon. And, and if you study the story out of Gideon, you realize that they, they started off, I believe, with, with 10,000. Uh, uh, was it 10,000? Or was it 10,000 people? And then it went down to 3,000 people. And then finally God said, you know, I want you to bring your army down to 300. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie of 300. But, but that, those 300 lost. But, but I'm telling you, uh, in the movie of 300, they lost. But uh, in the Bible of 300, of Gideon's men, they won. So, it, so I'm going to say to you is that God wanted to reveal to the Israelites that he was truly with them. And they didn't need all, you don't need all this talent. You don't need all, sometimes, I, oh, if I had more money, oh, if I had this, or if I had that, then I could do something for God. No, all God, God's not looking for gold vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels. He's looking for willing vessels. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You need to be a willing vessel for God. My question is yours. Uh, my question to you today: How are you seeing yourself? Are you seeing yourself through the lens of human reasoning, or are you seeing yourself through the lens of God's holy word and what God says about us? Gideon saw himself as insignificant, the least in his household. Amen. But God saw him as a mighty warrior for God. And when God spoke that into him, see, some of us, what we need, we need a God encounter. I'm preaching today. Some of us need to get a revelation of really who we are in Christ, what we can do in Christ, because the Bible says greater works. Jesus said greater works you will do. Greater works. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you're more than you think you are. I'm going to say it again. The devil keeps telling you. See, the devil works on two ends. And you got, to, you, got to have, you got to stay in the middle of the road. The devil will either tell you you're nothing, you're not going to amount to anything, you're not going to ever do anything, or he'll tell you you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so you're either on one side, you're, you're down and depressed because you can't get over the hump, you're a loser, right? or, or you're the greatest thing in the world. And on both sides of this, that's a ditch. In other words, because you don't want, the Bible says you don't want to think too highly of yourself. Amen. I wasn't thinking too highly of myself when I was bowling with the guys and I was the number one loser yesterday. <laughs> Amen. Oh my God, I, I couldn't, man, I could not be pumped up in pride at all. I, if, I, if I go bowling again, I, I don't know if I want to go bowling again. Amen. And, and, uh, and Michael did well, John and Tony, man, he can throw a ball down the aisle. Amen. 
And no wonder Tony likes to play. He's like, he's like the winner over there. Amen. He's, that's his game. Glory to God. But uh, I'm telling you, man, I, God, it, God is with us even in spite of it. It doesn't look like he's with us. You believe that today? Now, let's look at Jesus and, uh, and, and how he operated in faith. In Mark 4, 35 to 41, on the same day when evening has come, he said to them, this is Jesus, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, and he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the wave beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he, but he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, saying to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So we see here that this is exactly what I'm talking about this morning, about calling those things that be not as though they were. See, see the devil, when he operates against us, see, God... God works in suddenlies, but the devil works in suddenlies too. And they were just on their boat. They were going to the other side and suddenly a windstorm comes. Suddenly, you know, all of a sudden, uh, all hell started breaking loose against them. Have you ever woke up in a good mood and, and all, all hell started breaking against you that day? Have you ever had encountered all kinds of problems? Amen. And so it was all kinds of problems. The Bible says that Jesus was sleeping through the problems. That, that might be a clue. We might need to just go to bed when the problems come and rest in the Lord. Rest in the promises of God. Amen. And then it said they woke him up. And, you know, whenever there's problems, whenever we're encountering a storm, it's the enemy trying to stop us from doing the will and the plan of God. I'm going to say that again. When the, when the storm comes in our life, it's not God putting the storm in our lives. It's not God the one that's behind the storm to see what kind of faith we have. No, it's the devil trying to hinder us from doing the will and the plan of God in our life. And so, so the enemy will cause a storm to come up. And so they woke up Jesus and what we need to do is wake up the word of God in our lives. And so they woke up Jesus and Jesus said, peace be still. And I'm going to say this this morning. you got to call the, 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 the crazy things that's happening in your life. you got crazy things. You need to start speaking peace in the midst of the storm. You need to start talking peace in the realm of the, of, of the mess up situations in your life. Let's look at Matthew 16, 13 through 18. And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, uh, and the Son of Man am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said to them, But, do you, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you, uh, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, if you know Peter's personality, Peter was really up and down. 
Amen. And really, really, the word Simon means that he kind of flexes the word Simon. But Peter, what Jesus was calling him that day, he said, you're Petrus. In other words, he was saying, you're a little rock. He, what he was saying was, was Jesus was saying that he was he was focusing in on that Jesus was focusing in that Peter, even though he was wishy-washy at times, even though he even denied Christ three times, that he was going to become a rock. That he was going to become the rock and, and, he, was going to be, and he was going to have a foundational uh, truth in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to say this today. Maybe some of you are a little wishy-washy. Maybe you're in and out. Amen. I'm, I'm prophesying to you today that you're not going to be in and out anymore. I'm prophesying to you today that you're becoming a rock. You're becoming an immovable rock. And no storm will be able to, to blow you away in Jesus. Are you listening to me today? You, you say, who, me? I say, yes, you. Glory to God. Because you've got to get a revelation of who you are in Christ. You've got to get a revelation of what you can do in Christ. You've got to get a revelation of really that, that how, how, how big God is in your life. You've got to get that revelation. Amen. And so we've got to get that revelation. Jesus actually says in Matthew 5, 13 and 14, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm stopping right there. What was Jesus saying to his followers? He was calling them salt and light. He was telling them that they have the ability to change people's lives. That they have the ability to be salt, which can be a preservative. And you have ability. Salt is a preservative. And light is showing up darkness in people's lives. And so what he was saying was that you are salt. You are light. He was calling people what what he wants them to be. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? He was saying that to us. Say, I'm salt. Say, I'm light. light. Amen. And and I'm telling you, salt adds flavor. Glory to God. And you bring flavor, amen, into people's lives because you you have the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ resident on the inside of you. Glory to God. And when we, when we start talking about Jesus and start witnessing about Jesus, we become salt and light. We need to be talking about Jesus. I'm telling you, if you want to get that saved feeling all over again, like when you got saved in the beginning, give it away. Amen. That's just a little plug to to go witnessing. Amen. And so Apostle Paul in his writings called the believer saints. Look at this. It says here, Paul in Colossians 1, 1 and 2, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see this, that in his opening letter in Colossians, he called the church of Colossians, he called the people saints. Now, you got to get a revelation. You're either a saint or you're a sinner saved by grace. I'm going to say that again. You're either a saint of God or you're a sinner saved by grace. And so, I, you know, uh, yes, we were sinners. Amen. And we are saved by grace. But now we're new creations in Christ. Old things are passed away. And all things have become new. So if we are, you know, uh, if we are new creations in Christ, 
then our old life has passed away. If, if our old life was a sinner life, then we're not sinners anymore. Oh, I'm preaching today. Glory, I'm preaching today. You're not a sinner trying to be righteous. Amen. I'm preaching today. No, you are the righteousness. Am I talking to anybody today? Glory, you're, you're not your mistakes. You're not your misses. You have the blood of Jesus constantly uh, washing and cleansing you from all unrighteousness. If you walk in the light, as He is in the light, then you have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from some, from all unrighteousness. Amen. So we see that. And so we see that, that, uh, that, that He calls us saints. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a saint. Amen. Glory to God. So we need, we need to see ourselves through the lenses of God's word, not through the lenses of religion. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16, uh, Paul actually shows us the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. He says here in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So he's given us some instruction that, that if you are a believer, you're not hanging out with the world. Amen. You're not living like the world, hanging out, with, doing what the world does. Amen. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever or what agreement has a temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So what is, what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that we're righteous. He's, he, he's contrasting the righteous with the unrighteous. The unbeliever is unrighteous. He calls us light. The unbeliever is called darkness. He calls us, uh, you know, he, 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 he calls us Christ, which, which we are Christians. Somebody say we're Christians. I know I'm pronouncing it a little different. It's Christians. But, but we are Christians. Amen? In other words, we're, we're the anointed of God. Christ means the anointed one. And so we're the anointed ones. We're temples of God. Carrying the very power of God in our lives. Say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I like what Peter says. He says, you are in, P, in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but now you are people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now you obtain mercy. So, so what am I saying to you today? Peter is saying to us today that we're a called out generation. You are the ecclesia or the ecclesia. You're the called out ones. Somebody say, I'm a called out one. You are marked with God. You are marked for greatness. Say, I believe that. Glory to God. I'm telling you, my preaching is almost as good as your amen and glory to God. Amen. So I'm going to say this in closing. You need to start calling those things that be not as though they were. Call peace into your situations. You know, let the weak say they're strong again and call yourself healed if you're dealing with sickness of any kind. Call yourself wealthy if you're dealing with poverty in your life. You need to start calling yourself 
and you will become what you call. Amen? You, you, like, like the, like the, you have to learn to be like an umpire. And once an umpire calls a play, he doesn't go back on it. I'm preaching today. If the, if the umpire says safe, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no debating about it. The, the umpire already, you're an umpire and you're saying safe for your life. You're saying safe for your family. You're saying safe, amen, for your finances. You're saying safe. I call it safe. Are you hearing what I'm I call it a home run, glory to God. Are you, are you calling it today? Are you going to start speaking faith-filled words? Are you going to start speaking the promises of God? I want to encourage you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Glory to God. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're not backing up, but we're pressing in to the things of God. I thank you for these precious people here today. And I thank you those watching online. And and you can call yourself into the kingdom of God by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Perhaps you're here and you're a visitor today and perhaps you're watching on uh, uh, watching this this broadcast and or listening and and maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well the Bible says just call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. So I want you to pray this simple prayer with me and mean it in your heart and I believe they will usher you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son's love of light. Say this in meaning your heart. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.